Green Diva's heart wildlife. Who can resist all those videos and images of adorable baby animals? But sometimes these adorable creatures really need our help. Let's celebrate wild animals, learn about them, and do what we can to help them. Yes, back again with my favorite green dude, environmental journalist, John Platt, who's really focused on Extinction Countdown. That's his series with Scientific American, uh, talking about endangered species, the good, the not so good, and, uh, you know, everything we need to know. And there's so many species uh, and, and types of animals that are in this realm uh, so we're kind of just kind of talking about, you know, we talked about turtles and tigers, and I think today we're going to talk about birds. Birds. And lots of birds. But there were a couple of bird articles that triggered my thought on this. So, you know, what's the what's the latest on, on birds in general? Is there anything that stands out? Well, you know, birds are a great conservation icon because they're so visible. Yeah. For the most part, yeah. you know, bird watching is an enormous, enormous industry and a great hobby, and people love it. And I you do. know, there, even then, but though there, there are so many birds that we never see. Yeah. Um. You know, whether they're just not in North America, or maybe they're nocturnal, right. or maybe they like to hide, or yeah. maybe there aren't that many of them, uh, so you don't see them in the first place. Um. But they're a great way to talk about all kinds of environmental issues. And people really respond to them. Well, I know we had done a couple of stories with a woman who made a uh, Songbird SOS, uh, a film about songbirds, you know, rapidly, you know, declining. And then that's certainly one issue. And there's a lot of yeah. factors involved with that. But, um, yeah, there wasn't any particularly good news with that. <laughs> <laughs> My God! But and you had an interesting piece about these rare Scottish birds that are going blind, and of course everybody probably was assuming it was an environmental factor. But but what you found out was it's really not. Yeah, it's called the red-billed chow, and chows in general are, are a fairly wide-ranging group of species, um, and red red billed spouse are, are among them. They have a fairly wide range. But there's a subspecies that lives only in Scotland. And they're genetically isolated from everyone else. And a few years ago people started noticing that a lot of them were being born effectively blind. Their yeah. eyes were cloudy, they couldn't see, and therefore, you know, if you you can't see by the time you get out of the nest, you can't survive. Yeah. And there were theories that maybe it was an environmental factor. You know, maybe there was some sort of chemical or toxin in the environment that was causing this to happen. Well, we now know the answer, and it, it's actually a direct result of them having such a tiny population. There are only about 60 breeding pairs, and when you get a population that low, if there's a genetic mutation, it has the opportunity to perpetuate itself throughout the population, and that's what's happening. There, There is a mutation that is causing this lethal blindness in about 3% of the birds when they're born. And um, that even though there are a lot of efforts out there to protect their habitat and keep the species going, this is a, uh, a major stumbling block. 
Well, yeah. Um, it's it's amazing to me. I've never really even heard of you know blind birds. Um, it's an it's an interesting uh, the whole thing. It's an interesting study now on genetics rather than uh, an environmental issue. Which you know, for once, it's not necessarily our fault. Uh, well, but mm, uh, well, you know, you know, why are there why is their population so low in the first place? Because well, we destroyed their habitat and yeah. isolated them from other of other breeding populations. Mm. So the the blindness might not be specifically our fault, but humans did cause it in the long run. If you look at the the long long part of the story. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. We'll have to own that. Um, yeah. And what about like these? These bird die-offs, every once in a while you read a story where like, you know, lots of birds just basically fall out of the sky and die. It happens. Okay. I, I haven't written about that too many, too many times. Oh, okay. But we've seen, you know, there, there can be diseases or things like that um, yeah. or environmental factors. Um, and whether or not those are going to have a massive impact on a species level, it happens. I mean, you, one of the other things, though, is you – a lot of migrating birds travel over areas where there's hunting. Oh. And you see that in in Malta where there's just rampant bird hunting and it's you know the hundreds of bird species fly over that little country every year and they're just trapped and shot and you end up with thousands of dead birds and it's really impacting uh entire species and that's another kind of mass die off. Wow. And and are, are these people that are hunting the birds like eating them is it you know or is it just sport yeah they they well part of it is sport but part of it is turned into a local delicacy you see these jars of of you know if it were fish they'd be sardines but it's all these little birds stuck <gasps> into a jar and a solution and and they're just eaten I, whole who, you know who decides that something that like that is a delicacy really i mean it doesn't appeal to me on any level. I, I know I'm not, you know, it's obviously not my culture, but seriously, like, who thinks of these things? Who says monkey brains is a delicacy? Who thought of yeah, that? Well, who's the first person who saw a lobster and said, that looks good? Yeah, right? I mean, you know, it, 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 it all depends on culture, on what, what, <laughs> what type of wildlife you grow up with, what food you have available to you. Pickling um, little birds so, just doesn't seem yeah. like right. Well, it doesn't, but <laughs> it, it, people might have been doing it for centuries, yeah. and uh, you can't really criticize them for that. No, no, I'll try not to judge. It just so doesn't appeal to me personally, and it upsets me because I happen to love birds. I'm the I'm the crazy lady, you know, who sits outside and talks to all the little birds that that come around to pick up crumbs that everybody's shooing mm -hmm. away. I talk to pigeons. Mm -hmm. I like them all. Sure. I really like them all. I've got two chickens in my backyard. I go outside and they they come up and chat with me and Oh, I love chickens. I get chicken yeah. envy. All my friends are like getting <laughs> chickens and I get chicken envy cuz I think they're really cool. They're surprisingly fun. Well, is there any other like news about birds in the extinction world that we should know about? Well, one of my favorite stories that I've covered recently, I, I wrote about this for Audubon. Um, there's this little tiny bird in Hawaii called the Akikiki. <laughs> and not many people know it exists. Um, it's, it's tremendously endangered. But a few months ago, a science teacher in India, as, a, as part of a school project to teach his kids about endangered species, 
used the Kiki as an example, and all the kids just went crazy for it. They loved it. They thought it was fabulous. So he said, well, what can we do to call, bring more attention to it? So he wrote to the International Astronomical Union and said, can we name a celestial body after this Hawaiian bird? Oh. And now an asteroid is known, it used to be known as uh, Asteroid 7613, <laughs> now it's known as Asteroid Akikiki, and there it is, immortalized in space, it'll be floating out there forever, and it's, it's another way to, to call attention to uh, these endangered species here on Earth, and hopefully um, the birds will be there as long as the asteroid will. Love that story. That is so cool. Ikikiki. Yeah, and, and and it's just interesting and hopefully it will get the attention of kids and, and other people like, oh, okay. Why did they name it that? Because it's a yeah. beautiful little bird that's you know, on the endangered species list. It it's just a tremendous thing. And and the funny thing is even the people who are in charge of conserving the species, who are doing great things, didn't know this was happening. Aww. I heard about it. I called them up. Hey, what's your comment? They said, what? There's <laughs> an asteroid? And they thought it was the greatest thing in the world because they, you know, how do you, how do you get the world to pay attention yeah. to this little bird that lives on the top of a couple of mountains in Hawaii that no one ever sees? It's all yeah. on state land. You can't visit it. You can't really see it. So how do you get people to know? Well, bingo, we got a solution coming out of India to call attention to this Hawaiian bird. Uh, it's just a great example of people working together and caring and, and doing things outside the box. So cool. Well, John, as always, you come with – usually there's good news involved, which is very comforting and and uh, and good. So, you know, we got to pay attention. There's stuff that needs to be done. Please go read some of John's articles to learn more. We will post something about, um, you know, around our podcast and link back to them. But uh, go look up John Platt, uh, John R. Platt, uh, in Extinction Countdown. Yep. Thanks so much, John. We'll talk again soon. Thanks. I look forward to it. Thanks for listening to this episode of Green Divas Heart Wildlife. Please visit thegreendivas.com, that's T-H-E, greendivas.com, to learn more about wildlife, nature, and a whole lot more.